0: The political roundup, brought to you by WideSpan Sheets, managed and built without compromise by Sean Bragg and his team. It was so Welcome back to the Master Monday afternoon, catching up with Eric Roy, former MP. Now at the moment, uh, he's got a farm in Tiwi and residing in the South. Eric, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, yeah, good to have that rain out of the way and things are starting to dry up. But uh, she was an interesting little episode, that's for sure.
0: How did you fare in the basin?
1: Oh, we had 78 mils here over that 24-hour period. Uh, rivers were quite high, but they did no damage. So that's that's a good thing. Deanna handles it a bit better than some places do, so uh, she runs away pretty quick.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the case in Gore. The drain's just could in cope.
1: Yeah. I know it's a serious dump.
0: Hey, we think about this morning Christopher Luxon coming out, not ruling out with St. Peters as a coalition partner. Um, the argument is he should have said this a few weeks ago rather than playing cat and mouse, or is that just politics one oh one?
1: Oh, look, I I think I think the, the thing he's done really is just essentially uh, say, Well, the people are gonna decide and if they didn't give us enough with ACT and National. I've got no option if I want to have a change of government. And uh, at one stage, Winston wasn't scoring above 5%. Now he is. And then the other thing that's kind of happened is that uh, I think ACT got a wee bit precocious in calling the shots, almost wagging the dog sort of syndrome. And and, uh, they've sort of dropped a wee bit. And and who knows where it's going to land on the night. So uh, I think the important thing, though, is this, Andy. Um, Since MNP came in in 1996, the third or fourth place getter or their leader, probably one man, has chosen what New Zealand really needs out of an election. And and I don't think that's the right way to go about it. And it certainly isn't what happens in the other six MNP countries in the world. The biggest party on the night gets the opportunity to set up the government. So I think the best outcome we can have is to have the biggest party on the night, make the call as to what's going to happen and not not some guy that leads a minor party.
0: And that's what, make, that's what makes MEMP such a flawed concept, doesn't it? Because you may have the majority like Bill English did in 2017, but you still miss out on being the ruling party. I just think it is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Well, that shouldn't have happened, and none of us ever voted for that. Not that I voted for MMP, but but the expectation was that it was to give a better balance of people in Parliament, and those who actually scored quite significantly and and didn't have, even have a representative in Parliament. And but that we've gone one step further than anybody else, and the only way that's going to change is the precedent. And that's why this is a very important election, in my mind, and the biggest party has to make that call. That's hugely important. But interesting reaction this morning with Mr Hipkins, a friend Tibby, saying, oh, Luxon doesn't have the ability to manage these people. Well, he's talking about a captain of industry who's had some reasonably tricky jobs and comparing it to himself, who in his seven months of tenure as Prime Minister lost five Cabinet Ministers. So his ability to be able to manage a single party is probably called into question at this election as well.
0: You almost have to feel sorry for Hipkins in a sense that he's come across and of all the Labour front bench, he's a guy that seems to have been almost as as pragmatic as anybody. Of course, being the face of the COVID years, you could argue that's gone against him as well. Um, but at the moment, like you say, he just hospital passed after hospital pass he's been thrown. And, yeah, you know, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't situation well, for the guy.
1: He's he, he certainly inherited most of his problems were there. But if you go back to the last election, uh, there's no doubt that the government of the day ruled in fear with the pulpit of truth every day at 2 o'clock, scaring the living daylights out of us. And that worked for them for that election. And now that has come under some sort of scrutiny. And people are saying, well, was that really necessary and what else has happened? Uh, so there we go. It's it's kind of turned around and bitten them, I think, because the mood I'm picking up is for a change of government. The proportionality of where that comes, yeah, we're going to have to see on the night. Well, it's over a fortnight now. It's not on the night. Over half people vote before today. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Put it's- in a week to go and then we can run up and vote.
0: It's interesting the whole, when we look back in retrospect about the COVID situation, Eric, a lot of people's thinking would have changed if they'd known what they know now back then.
1: Yeah, well, nobody knew. And, and certainly we hadn't had a world pandemic since after the First World War or none that, was, that came to us. There was swine flu and a few other things in parts of the world. But it was the first global one we'd had for 100 years and the, the modelling was saying 40,000 New Zealanders will die if we don't manage this. So, and I think even Luxon is saying, well, for the first six months, the handling of this was pretty damn good. But then it sort of morphed into, well, hang on a minute, we can probably get some advantage out of this. Well, that's my view. And, uh, and as I say now, that's turning around to actually bite the government a bit.
0: Well, you hear about these Auckland lockdowns that we'd ahead for a couple of days and it sounds as though it didn't need to occur.
1: Well, well, we're all wise with hindsight afterwards. Yeah, that's true. But I I do think that they milked, uh, let's scare the living daylights out of these people and the pulpit of truth and all of that stuff that worked politically for them. And the consequence of that has, has been, hang on a minute, let's have a really serious look at this and was this really necessary and a lot of people say no we don't and then the other thing that's come out of that has been the freedom parties and the anti-vaxxers and and all of those people who felt very very misrepresented through that whole process I don't think any of them are looking like they're going to get over the 5% um, unless Winston could have picked up some of those people but that's maybe what's and him a bit of a lift, realising, hang on, the ones we're backing aren't going to get there, but if we're back once, then he will and he'll represent us. And I think that's where he's picked up a bit of support in the last two or three weeks.
0: Uh, Talking about somebody needing support at the moment, it's the Wallabies or the Wobblies, depending on how you want to deem them after that record loss this morning to the Welsh. Hence the theme today, Australian battlers for the music. Um, Sorrento Moon there, which you call woolshed music, which is your opinion. Uh, But as we look at the Wallabies and just the World Cup in general, though, geez, it's not a good look for the game, especially over the ditch where they struggle to um, get any push through as it is.
1: Yeah, well, it's not Eddie, Eddie Jones' fault. It's the chairman of the ARU who decided to sack Dave Reddy and bring in Eddie Jones when he was not being overly successful with England and give him a five-year shot. So I think his neck's probably on the chopping block as well. But you'd have to say it's pretty precocious of old Eddie to be sort of presuming that all things are going to custard and he's got to line himself up with his next job back in Japan again. will be Four of the crucial match. So imagine being in the dressing room and him giving you a motivational talk to go out and you know that he's flying a different kite. <laughs> he couldn't have done
0: it worse. Absolutely, and Sonny Bill Williams alluded to that as well on the coverage this morning, just saying, Eddie, what are you doing? And if you were a player, you'd be hesitant to follow this man into battle. Yeah,
1: well, that's for sure. And now, I mean, his selections are insane. And just remember that his assistant coach... Walked eight days before the competition started and said, "I'm not on the plane. I'm not going." <laughs> so th- he's probably protecting his future and may well end up as the as the next
0: coach. Who you knows? So very interesting. A lot to digest so far. Eric Roy, appreciate your time as always. Yep, all good. A- well, sorry, cut Eric off there. Eric Roy, there, uh, MP, former MP down here in the south. Some um, interesting thoughts as well regarding the election coming up. This is a Monday afternoon up next. uh, Let's catch up with Dools. Ben Dooley, farming in South of Wyndham, sheep, beef farmer, and YouTube farmer.